<laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was our warning. All right. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of Chemelex Radio. Uh, I am Josh, joined as always by Aaron. And we also have Chris Smith from Safer, uh, which is a really exciting company and product. So, Chris, if you want to give everybody just a, a brief description about who you are and, and what you guys do. Absolutely. So I'm Chris Smith with Safer. I uh, cover the sales for Eastern North America. Uh, and really what Safer is doing is, is really starting to bridge the gap between video and access control uh, and really starting to move the industry beyond just plastic credentials for authentication. Uh, so our main focus is face matching at the door uh, and, and basically using your face as a credential to get through and, and audit those logs there. No, that's great. So, um, and I think we've actually done some some testing uh, with your products and, and they work really, really well. And, you know, an, an interesting topic here is, you know, facial recognition in general, this technology has kind of had a lot of, I don't know, topsy-turvy uh, discussion yeah. about it over the last number of years. And you know, I remember a time when the complaint was it wasn't accurate enough, and then all of a sudden it's too accurate, and people have concerns about that. We've seen places like San Francisco and I think maybe Minneapolis, um, you know, don't allow it. But yet, you know, with your product, for example, you're using, as you're calling it, the face matching instead of like a, you know, a, a card or a fob to open the door, and it's super accurate and very helpful. I mean, this technology in general, I mean, how do you think facial recognition looks now? And then where do you think this is going to go in the future? Yeah, I mean, I really think there's been two sides of the fence uh, on where facial recognition has lied. And, and that's why I specifically call out face matching because figured. That, that's <laughs> that's really how interpreted by how they're used. Um, so when you look at facial recognition, people assume it's being used to surveil. Um, so looking at people in an area, traditionally on a video camera, and matching them against a database they didn't know they were on. Uh, so not really right. an opt-in model. Um, or if you looked at like the Clearview AI and, and you know some of the publicity around that, that's kind of exactly what they were doing. And whether that's right or wrong or ethical or not, I'm not here to decide that, but that's what people were stirred up on. Uh, and when we look at what Safer is doing, when we take out the video component and matching against a database of, of unknown people and take now a database of people from an access control system and, and purposely using the technology to get through the door and not mm -hmm. try to associate someone to a crime. It really kind of softens the blow of what we're using the technology for. And now everyone who's using it is aware and opting into it. Um, so I really think that's where we've seen much more acceptance of the technology as now an alternative to not only biometrics, uh, but an alternative to credentials in general there. Which is tremendous. And so, you know, another aspect of this is, is uh, you know, we hear a lot about the security issues around some of the older uh, access control technology. Um, some people like Josh make excuses <laughs> for some of the uh, older technology and, and see a place for it. But there's no doubt that with a flipper or any other number of ways, you know, if you have that old uh, traditional approach, um, you know, those cards can be copied, those things can be compromised. I mean, it's definitely adding to me another layer of security for your facility. The fact that you are using something that is much harder to copy, especially in my case, I don't know who would even want to try to look like me, but, <laughs> um, and it's also, you know, that contactless approach, you know, I, I realize we're not in COVID anymore, but that, that is something that people really came to enjoy and expect is, 
you know, I don't have to fumble around and find that fob and, and, and what have you, like it simplifies and, and makes the process easier. So, I mean, that seems like a home run to me. Yeah. And we kind of see now that this, I've been with Safer for a little while now, we really see two consumers of our technology. We've got the traditional biometric or multi-factor authentication users, um, whether it's face and card or face and mobile or mobile and something. Um, and then we've got the convenience customers who really aren't too interested in, in the dual factor authentication, but they're traditionally people who are now advocating mobile credentials or looking for streamlined access to buildings. So while face may be more secure than a plastic card, that's not the main reason that they're going with face. It's, it's, it's strictly a convenience play where um, I think COVID really emphasized the, the need or, or for the industry to move past just a plastic card because we couldn't get them. Uh, so we had to find right. other ways to, to actually get jobs done. Um, and that really started to push mobile. And um, I think what you're seeing now is mobile is certainly an acceptable technology, but it still leaves another layer you have to manage where it's the end user's phone or the cardholder's phone, where with face, it's it's completely agnostic to devices that you have, and it's using something you can't leave without. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. When I wake up in the morning, this face is coming with me. Um, so it's one of those things that, no matter what door you're trying to get through, you don't have to have a credential on you. You you are the credential. And that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to identify people by who they are, not by what they have. Uh, and I think that's really what we're starting to see with the adoption of, of face matching as I go back to again. Uh, why people are a lot more open to it now than they have been in the past. I mean, you mentioned in the, there's been a lot of, of predecessors to Safer with the same concept of using your face to get through the door. Um, and and they either ran out of funding, the technology wasn't what people expected it to be, or the market wasn't ready for it. I mean, you name it, but all three have been kind of a factor for it. And I think with the emergence of even just daily life, where you every time I look at my phone, it's matching my face just so I can unlock it. Right. Uh, it's so embedded into our daily lives now, where uh, if we can use that now just to get building access, I think a lot more people are, are open and accepting to it there. Great point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, whether you are um, like everyone else, an Apple user or an Android user like me, I mean, <laughs> I use that face matching uh, to be able to open my phone. You know, I have that enabled. So uh, the technology's really that. come, you know, really far. Like, I feel like I did an evaluation similar to, similar to this maybe like three years ago. And it's like you had to be perfect. Uh, you know, the the picture that it was matching against and then your silhouette and your face you know, had to be within a very particular distance. It had to have, you know, a certain mounting height. So having, you know, just to give Safer a little plug here, having spent time with that S300 model for a couple of weeks, um, I really put it through the paces and Josh and I were joking, you know, saying I was pulling up pictures from high school, you know, trying to stump <laughs> this thing. And uh, it did a really good job of, of A, you know, identifying me and then B, like I hit this, you know, this thing's supposed to be mounted and static on the wall, but I ended up hitting it from all different angles, all these different distances. And I was incredibly impressed by it was still giving me a valid entry, you know, with me throwing all these curveballs at it. So I would say, yeah, I mean, just over the last three years since a prior evaluation like this, this technology has come. Now, I'm sure this is probably safer secret sauce, but nonetheless, very impressive. You know, even sometimes I struggle, you know, with the, the Apple recognition, you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> it's like, what is my, do I have a morning face? Is it, why is it not recognizing me? But, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I think it kind of, uh, 
you know, obviously we're doing facial recognition, but I think it opens up, you know, the bigger picture to even just access control and where it has and hasn't gone over the years, where since I've been in the industry, you know, we've, we've added a few new widgets and capabilities, but by long and away, not much has changed in the access control landscapes over the years. Um, and while video is often talked about as a key component or accessory to access control, there's really nothing that bridges those two together. Um, so safer among other things, I mean, I think beyond just facial recognition, I think you're going to start seeing cameras integrated into readers on mm -hmm. a regular basis where I wouldn't be surprised if over the next five years, there's more readers sold with cameras in them than not. Um, and whether or not you're using that for face or not, I think it's important to have that video verification for events that are usually just blind transactions in the, in the event history field, where now we'll have event clips and, and thumbnails associated to them there as well. Great point too, because, you know, if you do have a system, you know, like ours is natively both video and access control, but this, this concept of trying to marry the two has been around for a while, even if they're two disparate systems, but you know, what you're doing by integrating the camera into the reader is you're actually potentially removing the need to have that extra camera just to watch that door. And I think our expectations have changed a little because, you know, a lot of us have like ring at home. And when yeah. that person pushes that button, I mean, you're getting a very good look at them versus maybe what you would get, you know, from a side angle um, or, or a different, you know, type of angle with the camera. So I think that's a really good point. I mean, I could see a huge demand, you know, for that. I can see that becoming a real expectation. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. I think this is a rare case where the consumer market has driven the commercial market. Right. So ring, ring doorbell now almost changes the expectation of what our commercial users expect from what they have at home. And I really haven't seen that in my time in the industry where it's coming from Usually the residential the side. Yeah, it yeah. flows down. In this case, it's blowing up. Um, but good for that. I mean, I think it's one of those things where without the the launch of that and and end user expectation, then it would have never flowed uphill. Because we know most of our, our product roadmap and development is is based off where we think the market's going and what the market expects. Um, so that's that's really kind of leveraged our technology forward and ultimately making us better product. Was that inspiration for Safer uh, to build this product? You know, did did you see what Ring was doing and, and how that was accepted and build from there? Uh, so, I mean, our CTO has long had this vision of, of going with contactless, uh, securing contactless access control. So I, I think Ring coincided with his original thoughts, um, but more or less using now, you know, taking it a step further, not just notifying uh, when someone's at the door, but also, you know, releasing the door on it. So basically spinning it up as a commercial grade Ring product uh, is ultimately we ended up doing with some yeah. of our product here. So do you think, you know, obviously as this becomes more and more popular and, and available and people are accustomed to that, do you think that this will impact potentially in the long term, like an overall, you know, acceptance of facial recognition or face matching as, as we're saying today? Um, uh, or do you think it, it will be seen as different? I think you know, with time, it will become an accepted technology. I mean, it already is in certain parts of the world where it's almost just like deploying a card reader. They just expect it and almost assume it's a normal normal technology being deployed. Um, but unfortunately, it, it really does come down to how people are using it. Because um, at the end of the day, we provide a technology 
Uh, we're not necessarily as in depth as some of these facial recognitions as far as you know comparing against a database of unknown people, but uh, we provide a technology. We, we have no control over how end users ultimately consume it. Um, we've seen a, a use case of MSG where they were you know targeting people from a law firm who were suing them. Uh, so it's all about if you put in people that don't know they're on this database or this watch list, um, that's always going to raise concern because it, it does address privacy. But I think when okay. there's a use case for access control and we're using it strictly for identification as a credential, um, that acceptance will come much sooner than on the video side, I think, yeah. mainly because of how it could be used. I feel with any technology, there's two sides of the coin. And anything that can bring a lot of good, I mean, could be used the wrong way. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably, uh, I'm biased because I work for a tech company. But <laughs> I, I mean, I I always feel like, you know, we should focus on the good because bad things are, are going to happen. I think if we can prevent more bad with the technology, um, but you could take that approach, you know, you take that line of thinking pretty far because there's a, there's ills in society, especially for those of us that have kids. If we didn't have smartphones, if we didn't have internet, the, there's a whole bunch of problems we could eliminate. But think of all that we would lose. Yeah, and I think the the benefits far outweigh the, the potential negatives there. Um, as far as strictly safety and security standpoint, which is ultimately you know why why we both exist. That that's what we were yeah. here to do. Um, and when used in the in the ways that. We're designed to be used. I, I really think there's only benefits to be had there because um, you start looking at the, the credential issues now where, I mean, Prox has dominated the market for almost the entire existence and it's still deployed heavily today, if not majorly today. And and even though it's, it's secured and, and people know it can be copied, Prox credentials are still being sold like they always have been. Um, so it just, it's almost like you have a key to your house and you put it on a distributor's shelf. So anyone who buys it can get into your house. It, it just doesn't seem to phase people. But um, I think with with the acceptance and, and emergence of newer technologies, you know, some of those vulnerabilities are just going to go to the wayside because the more people know, the more they can prevent against it there. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. And, you know, really, if you think about it in that traditional uh, access control system where they are using the prox related products, how often do they put a picture of the person in their profile <laughs> so that you can try to see if that was the correct person that's entering through the door or not? So, I mean, I feel like you're just extending that and allowing that to be what the you know technology itself looks at in order to give you access, which should be super accurate. Unless you watch like Mission Impossible because they have really good masks. Yeah. I don't know how they get fun. so real with those masks, but... Yeah, well, someone wants to spend that much money to make a copy of my face, kudos to them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would spend good money to not look like me. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be doing that. <laughs> so do the, you the other, have, go ahead. Uh, the, the other point that, you know, kind of leads into this is, um, you know, just talking about the, the aging technologies, you know, a solution like safer, uh, you know, coupled with Cumulex, I really feel like systems are taking a more proactive approach. So rather than being forensic and having tools to then search, you know, recorded video, now we're, we're giving our customers the, the option to, you know, um, instantly be notified when we're getting, you know, door, 
denied events and, and and things of that nature. And then same with with safer. I don't think prox is as big of a concern now because you know if you kind of have this dual factor at the door, you know, then it, it alleviates some of those concerns. I, we we had a previous episode where we were kind of digging into the concerns of prox, and and my particular feeling is it's no longer just the the single boundary that you know kind of limits people from entering a site. Now it's it's a more layered approach to to security, whether that be you know, cameras, uh, a perimeter system, you know, door access. It's uh, it's more than just like a, a single point of failure in, in the grand security scheme these days. So, um, you know, safer being, you know, a very good complimentary product and, and, you know, I'll give you guys the endorsement. You know, it's the best uh, facial uh, match uh, platform I've seen to date. So, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Josh. No, as I said, it does really work well. And, you know, my, when we have that discussion about Prox and, and why it has a right to live, <laughs> you know, I feel like there are customers that really just want to automate their key. You know, they'd like to be able to run a report or maybe set a schedule, but they're not going to spend much. You know, they're not as concerned about security because, you know, they, the doors lock, they've got cameras, they have an alarm panel, and they're like a CPA office or they're, you know, something where they don't feel that the risk is high, or maybe they're just in a nice neighborhood and they're not worried. But, um, you know, obviously there are many environments, I think, that could make good use of this type of technology that you have with the face matching. I mean, where are you seeing the successes now? Like what types of customers are looking for this? Uh, It's been kind of a wide blanket we cast here where uh, some verticals I originally didn't think would be consumers are now, but we we've got your traditionals of you know financials, corporate campuses, manufacturing facilities, um, but then we even go into the other side of like higher education uh, it has been a big consumer of our our technology, senior living facilities. Um, you know we're even starting to see some some K through twelve depending on you mm-hmm. know regions where that's at. So it's been. A, a very wide market that we've cast and I wouldn't necessarily regulate it to one vertical, but I would say those are the ones that, uh, you know, we've seen some earlier success with here. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of fun to see because I remember when cloud, anything was coming out, cloud access control, cloud video, we all knew at some point the tide was going to turn and this was going to be something that we could wrap our heads around and, and really push, uh, and now it's here. And now I kind of look at Safer as the same thing. We we know something's changing in the credentialing market. And we don't know exactly who's going to come out on top, but we know it's not going to be the way it's done today uh, in the future. And, and it's kind of exciting to be a part of that. And, and we've got a lot of reception for what we're doing. And I think it's uh, you know really exciting that we get to partner with both the Axis and the video companies. And it's, it's right. unique with Cumulux that you guys do both. So those are always the fun ones we get to play with because uh, you guys get to consume us on both sides of your product there. Um, so I, I think it'll be a really exciting couple of years here where we see how all this unravels. But uh, at the end of the day, we're excited to be part of the race. I mean, I think between face mobile and whatever else may come out, uh, I think it's going to yeah. be an interesting way to deploy. So kind of a last question here I'd ask then is, so as your customers kind of reach out and, and show an interest. I mean, is there anything that you advise them to think about or do, you, do they ever have questions about, because, you know, uh, urban legend oftentimes is much bigger than the truth. So people hear these stories about San Francisco banning facial recognition and 
I think maybe Minneapolis was one. You know, Illinois had the whole thing around biometric reads and there were some lawsuits there. I mean, do you ever have to like, you know, kind of go through like where they're located or, you know, provide them any best practices or questions that you go through to make sure that they're a right fit? Yeah, I mean, I, I usually start at the top with, you know, what's your organization's stance on this? Because a lot of times, regardless of legislation state by state, their organization may have a stance one way or another on it that they aren't aware of. Um, so in those cases, it's better to get to know sooner than later because you don't want to waste their time and they don't want to waste yours. Um, but if the organization or, or company is is on board with it, then it's usually what are your what are your policies on data retention and and, and facial uh, matching? Um, because we've got a, several ways to deploy where we can deploy very similarly to how your iPhone works, where there is no central database and your credential stays on your phone. That's great. And and that's a way we can deploy if there's any privacy concerns, because at the end of the day, the cardholder owns their credential. They're just using it to get through the door. Um, so we've been lucky in that sense where that's something that hasn't really existed in the biometric realm before. Uh, yeah. Unless you go back to like the original fingerprints where it was stored on the credential or on the plastic card. Um, but in the face realm, that really hasn't existed. And, and that's been exciting because unless there's a hard no from the organization, there is, we have multiple ways to deploy that could satisfy whatever the requirements are, even from a state legislative level. That's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's cool. been a fun, fun team to be a part of. No, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a very fascinating subject. So um, hopefully we can have you again on. Uh, on again sometime and and talk about how things are progressing and and what you're seeing out there. But um, again, just super fascinating. And uh, again, Chris Smith with Safer, uh, which make great products. Uh, Aaron Aaron approved. You don't just get Aaron's <laughs> seal of approval very easily. And uh, he's very very impressed. So really glad you came on with us today. And uh, Aaron, thanks as always. And we'll see everybody next time. Thanks, guys.